Welcome to the Chew Brewer Stew Podcast. Every other Sunday, we'll release an episode of the podcast featuring an interview with a business owner in the food industry. From restaurants, to breweries, to bakeries, and everything in between. We ask them about their journey and the process of becoming a successful business owner in hopes of helping others to do the same. I'm Mike Curtin, and the podcast starts now. Welcome to the Chew Brewer Stew Podcast. My name is Mike Curtin. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do so so you never miss another episode of the podcast. Thank you for joining us for episode number four of Chew Brewer Stew. Today I sit down with owner Rob Williamson from Mom's Kitchen and Bar in Astoria, Queens. Rob tells us his story of how he went from a host at a restaurant to owning three establishments of his own. So I was more than happy when Rob said that he would sit down with us for an interview. So here it is, episode number four with Rob Williamson. I hope you enjoy it. Hey guys, welcome to True Brewer Stew. I'm Mike Curtin, and we're here today at Mom's in Astoria. I'm here with Rob Williamson. Rob, how you doing? Thanks for having us. Of course. Uh, so, tell me a little bit about yourself, how you got into the business. All right. I was uh, I was in college, looking for a job. Ended up at uh, a chain restaurant, you know, the first place that would take me. Took me as a host, kind of worked my way up through there, made my way to a bartender, Got a job at another bar, another bar, moved to the city. Uh, I was bartending for years at this bar called the House of Brews in Midtown Manhattan, um, who I'm now partners with the owner it's there. We ended up buying Oliver's up the street on 38th and uh, Broadway here in Astoria. Uh, we've been there six years now. Uh, and then three years ago, we opened Mom's Kitchen and Bar, which is kind of my first idea of a place. My, my regulars at the bar used to call me Mom because I take care of their drunk asses late at night. Exactly. So, <laughs> Uh, and how old were you when you uh, when you opened your first place? Or I was twenty eight. I was twenty eight when we opened Dollars. Twenty eight. How old are you now? Thirty four. Thirty four. So this is Mom's has been open for how long now? Three years, actually. Yesterday. Three years yesterday. Well, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. What made you believe that that you could be an owner? Uh, just from knowing what goes into it. You know, I think one of the main mistakes that a lot of people make is not realizing how much actually needs to go into it for it to work. I mean, there's there's constant issues. You know, you're you're, you're wearing a lot of different hats. You're, right. you know, you're, you're HR dealing with everyone's problems. You're figuring out how to staff. You're a repairman half the time because all the equipment, you know, eventually is going to break and you learn how to fix it. Um, I think a lot of people get into it thinking it's going to be fun to, to take care of people, you know, like fun to just have drinks with their friends. It's a lot more than that. You know? All right. So what was the morale of uh, your friends and family when you told them you were going to open, were, well, let's say Oliver's, for, for instance? They were all positive because I was already managing restaurants. You know, right. I, I actually took over as a manager at the House of Brews after that. So, I mean, I already kind of knew the workload that it was. Right. Um, so at least at this point, it, it's my name on it then, too. You know, my name on the liquor license, and at least it's moving forward towards something more like a career than something sustainable for the long term rather than just day-to-day job. Right. So was Oliver's already uh, already established, or did you did you build it up from so, there? Did you kind of so we made it our it? own. Um, okay. Saying not knowing what you're getting into, the, right. the the guy that was running it was a plumber by trade. Okay, and he you know basically kind of let the staff run the place. It was only open for like two months when we when we took over. Right. Um, so I didn't see that much wrong with it. It's just with the actual concept, it was just the way it was being run was not efficient. Right. Um, you know, like he can't just like the, he'd leave everything out into the staff. It, it, you 
kind of really need to, to run and manage the place and know what you're doing. He's the nicest guy in the world, but sometimes that doesn't really work. <laughs> yeah, I DJed at a spot like that, and it didn't last very long. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's kind of crazy. So how did you go about finding the capital to open all of it? So I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, I, I saved a lot of money bartending. Right. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to, my partners own, own a few other places too. So, okay. I mean, we, we, we all invested together and, and, and worked on it. You know, uh, I, I've always been smart at saving. Right. So like when I was bartending, I'd always work, I would always be the one to pick up the extra shift. You know, too many people are afraid to work. Right. You know, I'd take the closing shift every night. You know, and if I'm working till four o'clock in the morning, then I'm not going out afterwards. So right, I was spending no money the five days I was working. Smart. So you know, even if you go out the two days, your two days off, you're not going to do that much damage if you're spending no money on your weekday. Right. Uh, what was the hardest adjustment that you had to deal with when you first started becoming an owner? It's really realizing how to delegate tasks as opposed to just feeling like doing it yourself. You know, like I think. It's, it's easier just to do it yourself, but you're going to make your life miserable. What you really need to do is you need to find the right people and train them the right way, and that's the only way it really becomes doable. Otherwise, you're, you're doing, you end up doing it all yourself, which is impossible. <laughs> so. Right. So what would be some of those tasks that you would, you would say? Just like uh, day-to-day stuff, you know, ordering, like, uh, ordering, cleaning, you know, even repair stuff. You know, things that are broken, like I used to just fix it myself. Now I try to keep, uh, train the managers and the staff. On how to fix the things that are easy to fix, you know? Unplug right. it and plug it back in first before you call <laughs> <Right>. it. <laughs> Just like a computer. Yeah. Uh, something you never thought you'd have to deal with. Something I never thought. Uh, some of the staff drama. Some of the staff. You know, every, everyone's got their own things going on. Um, it's the restaurant business. I know what it is. You know, a lot of people are doing, trying to do something else. You right. know, either the servers or actors and trying to do that. Or right. everyone has something else going on. Um, and it, I, I think really just dealing with all that kind of at the same time while trying to still do your job is something that was a harder task than I thought it was going to be. Right. So was there a defining moment for you where you thought to yourself, man, we're, we're, this is going to be a successful business? I don't know that it was necessarily a defining moment, but like I said, it's when you get all the staff together and, and, it, and everything is actually clicking that but it, it, it becomes manageable. Like if you can feel the weight come off your shoulders when you walk in and everyone is doing their job and, right. and, and the place is almost running itself. You know, that I'm just there for support, not actually physically running the place. That's that's when you feel the weight come off. Right. So that's, that, I'm not sure when exactly that was. It wasn't right at the beginning, I'll tell you that. But. Was there an adjustment to try and know like how many people you needed to staff for, for certain days? Like, were there days where you were just overwhelmed, or was it just always, like they, you kind of knew from your experience? Or yeah, no, always. And there's always surprises. Like out here in Astoria, out here in Astoria, Thursdays aren't what they are in Manhattan, right? And Sundays are way better than they are in Manhattan. Right. So like it, it, that was kind of an adjustment at the beginning. Get slammed a couple Sundays, and we're overstaffed a couple Thursdays, and I was like, okay. Uh, you ever experience a sort of not necessarily a slump, but a uh, Kind of just like a, a lull for a little while. Was there any panic? No, I mean the business comes and goes. You know, right. here here at Moms, I mean we have almost double our capacity outside. Right. So the first winter is like you know you're, you're dealing with ten tables inside and thirty right. tables outside. And you lose all the tables outside. Even if all the tables inside are filled all the time, you're going to notice a change. Right. Um, but you know when, when you notice it, you kind of have to think about it and see what it is. It's, it's always up and down, and the way that New York is, especially now, people are moving in and moving out. You know, you see the U-Haul trucks the first of every month. 
and, and and then a whole but a whole new set of customers is coming in when the when the set of customers is going out. So you just need to always make sure you're doing it the best you can. Sure. Uh, what were your uh, what are your strategies for for marketing? For marketing, I mean, we, here at Bonds, we found a lot of success with Instagram. I mean, uh, we, we we do a lot of shock value foods, like right. stuff that looks great on Instagram. Right. I wouldn't say shock value, but you know. That, that really bodes well. I mean, we use bright white plates and black tables. Right. So when people take pictures of it, it pops on, on Instagram. Right. Um, the shakes, you know, the, even the kids' reactions when the shakes come out is, is always great. Right, right. And the amount of people that have come in here and, and said that they came in because they saw it on Instagram is, is, is viable. You know, so. That's great. My next question is going to be, what, you, what do you think brings people here? That I think your Instagram, your social media. That's that's part of it, you know. I think, and then word of mouth, you know. Ideally, you're you're doing everything the best you can, and people talk about it, right? And then if they, and, and then they come back, you know. So right. when, once you see the same people coming back, then you're then you're in good shape. Yeah, social media has become such a huge platform, man. It's a, it's insane that people don't use it. It's a it's, it's, it's a whole it's new world. Control. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's the importance of ambiance to you when you when you started this up? I think it, I could tell it's a big. Big part of it. I, I think. It, I think in any place, it's huge, and I, I also think that comes down to a lot of the people running the place. I mean, right. it needs to be adjusted throughout the day. You know, right. like the lights can't be the same all right. the time. The music can't be the same all the time. It's about having someone in there to make sure that everything is set the right way every day, right. and actually okay. adjust as you go. Like uh, we we like to use the term "managing the moment" a lot because there are a lot of curveballs thrown at you in this business, right. and it's important that you're there to adjust as they come at you. So you're hearing the story, yeah. And uh, businesses open and close every day. Mm-hmm. How did you go about? How do you go about staying a step ahead of your competition? You got to be paying attention. Yeah. I mean, everyone's. Pay- I think people are paying attention to us. We got to be paying attention to what everyone's doing. Right. I think too many people walk around with horse blinders on or set in their ways, um, and you have to be open to change. You know, sometimes it's hard. It's not necessarily what what you would do, but you need to look at what what the people are telling you. It's, at the end of the day, this place isn't for us. It's for for the customer. Is uh so, as far as your distributors go and the food that you serve, are you looking for better deals or from somebody else or fresher? fresher we're, we're looking for or? we're looking for the best product. Right. I, I, we try to use as many local people as possible, right. um, just because the relationship is easy. Also, you know, right. like you get a, you develop a relationship with these people. They're local. You call them right, and they'll bring it right over. Um, we're looking for quality first and foremost, and then you know, if it's the same quality and one guy has it cheaper than the other guy, obviously you're going to go with the cheaper guy. But the quality is the first and foremost. Right. What's the most important thing to you when owning your own business? Like food, ambiance. Like what, what would you I list think, your most important? I mean, thing? I'd say the, the guest experience overall. Guest really, experience. Just the, the, the whole guest experience. It really is kind of a package deal. You know, it's it, if you come if you come to a place and have an amazing meal and and great drinks and the service is terrible, you're not going to say that the place was good. Right. You know, or or vice versa. You know, you have the best service in the world and and the food is terrible, or, or you have a bad drink. I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, were there any other businesses that actually inspired you to open moms? I mean, so it, it's hard to say. I, definitely, you know, there's. There's different aspects. I go out. I try to go to different places all the time to really pay, to, and pay attention while I'm there. Right. And there's there's different aspects that you know you, you see different places and you, you take you draw inspiration. Right. And that's that's where new ideas come from. I think is is inspiration taken from a lot of different places. Right. You know, it's, it's 
there's so many different bars and restaurants that you're not, you're, oh, yeah. to come up with something completely original is probably just going to be flat out weird at this point. <laughs> so, what would you say one of the major changes in the last five years in the industry? Uh, I think people are getting more health conscious recently. Okay. Um, there's you see you see a little bit less focus. The beer hasn't been as much. We haven't been selling as much beer as we used to. People are more focused on cocktails, like less sugar, right? Um, vegan stuff, vegetarian right. stuff. So. We're trying to adjust with that now. People, you know, people were asking me what kind of vegan brunch items we have, and it's it's tough. I'm not a vegan, so and, right. and breakfast is a very you know bacon, eggs, yeah, right. all the stuff that's not vegan. So we're we're working to try to to accommodate everybody now, without turning it into a vegan place. But we want to be able to accommodate those changes that are happening. Right. So you worked in the industry for a very long time, and you become an owner. The is there a stress of becoming people's livelihood? With that, of knowing that, like, you have to, like, maybe fire somebody or... Oh, like, definitely, definitely. And, you know, there's there's always going to be parts of that kind of parts of the job that are never going to be fun. Right. Um, it, it, it's hard, though. You, need, you do need to look at it like a business because it, it's, a, it's a fickle business. Right. And if you have the wrong people working for you, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take you down quicker than you even know. So. Right. And, and you see it. I've seen the places that have bad staff continually, and then they're not there anymore. So. Good help. <laughs> it really is. So how important is mental health breaks to you, like just getting away for a little bit? Is it is that important to you? For me? Yeah, getting away from, from <laughs> yeah, the restaurant. Yeah, it, it is. It is. But it, it's also, you know, I, I try to take little breaks as much as I can. Like I'll take like a three or four day weekend. Right. Because if I do take a week or two off, then I'm coming back and my mental health is going to be way worse because I'm going to have to catch up on so much stuff. Right, right, right. What is one of the biggest, best pieces of advice you would give to somebody trying to open their own place? Make sure you know what you're getting into. To to actually to actually work in the business before you just jump into it. Right. That's the that's the biggest piece of advice. And, and then when you know when you're getting into, at least it's not a surprise how many hours it takes to the beginning and, and all the, the stresses that you have to deal with. Do you happen to have a funny story for us from, so from what, your time in the what, business? What I what I what, what I thought of was actually very recently. So we just hired a new dishwasher. Okay. And uh, he showed up an hour and a half late on his first shift. Because he got drunk to celebrate getting a new job, <laughs> and that, and he told me that. And honest to God, I, I kept it. I was like, I, I appreciated the honesty. Yeah. He, he didn't end up lasting that long, but I was like, I, wow, that was brutally honest, and I appreciate that. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's the best out of out of recent memory. I mean, there's there's constantly so many things happening. And we could all we could all write books, I think, but. Uh, it, it, it never ceases to surprise you. And that's, you know, that is also what I love about it. Right. You know, it, it's not a boring job by any, by any means. So. It's like a carnival. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of clock. It, it, it really is. You know, sometimes, you, like you said, a mental health break, sometimes you wish you could shut it off for a day or two. Right. But, uh, you know, it, it is, it's it's not a boring job, that's for sure. Right. So. Well, Rob, thank you very much, man. Well, of course, Mike. Appreciate it. Hey, guys, so that was the interview. Thank you so much for listening. Special thanks again to Rob Williamson from Mom's Kitchen and Bar in Astoria, Queens. If you're ever in the area, check that place out for some comfort food with a nostalgic feel. Every other Sunday, I'll be releasing an episode of the podcast, so stay tuned. And like I said, subscribe, and you'll never miss another episode of the podcast. Once again, I'm Mike Curtin for Chew Brewer Stew. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.